This is an ABC podcast. Hi, friends. It's Ruby here, and this is news time. G'day, Ruby. Today, we're going to find out just how committed you've got to be if you want to play in a remote Western Australian footy league. We'll also learn how a small town with a funny name is helping make its community healthier. We'll blast off into outer space with spiders. Then we'll take a trip to find out what holidays are like for people with a disability. After that, it'll be time for the story that made us go... Wowee! That's right, our wow of the week. Let the countdown begin. Story number five. Have you ever been to Outback Western Australia? It's a huge part of our country. Somewhere near Perth. Perth is the state's capital. That's down towards the bottom of the coast. But up in the north, there's an area called the Kimberley. And that's where the East Kimberley Football League is. It's made up of a big network of towns and Indigenous communities that stretch nearly a thousand kilometres from the Cambridge Gulf down to the Great Sandy Desert. On the weekend, teams that play in this league often have to travel more than 700 kilometres to play a game of AFL. That is a whole school day in the car to play one game. Not stuff what you would really want to do because it's boring. It's too far. Way too far. It's a long way. And understandably, some of these players would like the trips to be a bit shorter so they can spend more time playing the sport they love. Not all of the roads they drive on have fences, and sometimes animals like cattle, horses, kangaroos, and even crocodiles wander out onto the road. That's scary because then, like, it might go underneath the bus and it might open its mouth. Might bite the wheels. That would be freaky. So the idea is to split the competition in two. So there's a North Division and a South Division. I think it's a good idea because one team doesn't have to drive all the way and then another team doesn't have to drive all the way while they just have to go and meet in the middle. Yes, often the women's teams played in different towns to the men. So teams from the same town couldn't even travel together. Teams say the North-South split would mean the men and women's teams can play at the same grounds. And it'll make it easier for friends and family to cheer on their teams. Story number five. There's a beautiful little town in Victoria with a kind of funny name. It's called Poowong. Oh, don't turn the other way around. That sounds gross. It's actually a lovely place, I assure you, and about 400 people live there. But lately, these townsfolk have been thinking about using their town's funny name to talk about a serious issue, our gut health. For a while, they've decided they're going to change the town's name from Poo Wong to Poo Right. Making sure that everyone who comes to visit Poo's right. And everyone who already lives there. Our guts are really important. They're the organs that help us process food and make energy for us. So we've got to keep them in good shape. 
dietitians are visiting who write and helping the people who live there choose good foods to eat. Fruit, vegetables, stuff with no sugar. Vegetables and water and fruit. Yes, and things like eating grainy bread instead of white bread or having yoghurt as a snack or on your cereal for breakfast. The organisers of Gut Health Month think people in Poo Right will have the healthiest guts in Australia. And what do you think happens after that? Um, well, you probably get stronger and faster and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, Poo Wong doesn't actually mean pooing wrong. It's a word from the local Boonwurrung language. The Boonwurrung Land and Sea Council has given the green light to change the town's name just for February. They think raising awareness about healthy guts is a good idea. Happy eating, everybody. Story number three. Tell me some fun facts you know about incy wincy spiders. They have eight legs and like 2,000 million eyes. They build webs, they go up in your ceiling and then you have to get a broom to get them down. And overall, they're just really weird, half-scary creatures. Spiders are very helpful creatures too. They munch on insects and bugs in our homes and yards. They're right at home around humans. But have you ever wondered how they'd go up in space? 20 years ago, students at a school in Melbourne were asked to design and build an experiment to find out just how spiders would weave their webs in zero gravity. Get to see what spiders, how they interact in a dark world. To be honest, I reckon it'd be pretty like hard because you'd just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and you wouldn't be able to put anything down. If they can still make webs the same way or completely different, or if they're, like, magical. These students and their teachers took eight Australian garden orb-weaving spiders half the way across the world, where they crawled aboard a space shuttle and rocketed into space. And, incredibly, these spiders were indeed still able to weave weightless webs. Unfortunately, the space shuttle didn't survive re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere, so all that important research was gone. It just goes to show how fragile science experiments can be. Hmm, I wonder what animal they'll put into space next. I reckon bulls should be the first, because they're the best animal. Because you can do a lot with them. You can ride them. Hmm, maybe. Story number two. What do you like doing when you go on holidays? The most thing I like doing is probably swimming, going to somewhere where you can just swim. Well, this story is about a dad named Steve Richter, who also loves going on holidays. Steve is from Bundaberg, which is a town in Queensland. 15 years ago, he was in a motorbike accident and it meant that he couldn't use his legs anymore. Now Steve uses a wheelchair, but he says that when he goes on holidays, it can sometimes be hard to get a room. There might only be one or two rooms that are suitable for someone who uses a wheelchair, and a lot of the time, they are booked out. But change is on the way. 
The Queensland Government has decided that this year, 2023, is the year of accessible tourism. It's come up with a checklist for tourism businesses to show how they can make it easier for people with disabilities to visit. It includes stuff like how to have good wheelchair access and where to put service counters and how to help people who work in tourism learn to spot customers who might need a bit of extra help. Do a caravan park where they press a button and the workers will come around and help the disabled people. Good idea. About one in five Australians lives with a disability, so making places accessible means more people will be able to enjoy them. And now it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because there's little ones, there's large ones and there's giant ones. Cane toads aren't exactly the friendliest looking animal. They have dots on their back and their back is the most poisonous part. Correct. Cane toads come from Central America. A long time ago, they were introduced into Australia to eat up a beetle that was destroying sugarcane crops. Unfortunately, the toads couldn't quite reach the beetle that liked to live way at the top of the sugarcane. And then the toads became a pest. Cane toads are bad news for native wildlife because they compete with native animals for food and habitat, plus they are poisonous to eat. The number of cane toads in Australia is growing, and so are the cane toads themselves. Recently, a record-breaking cane toad was found in North Queensland. I would run for my life because they are so big and scary. Ranger Kylie Gray was hiking along a trail when she spotted something big, warty and brown. It was the biggest cane toad she had ever seen. This toad weighed 2.7 kilograms. That's about as heavy as six soccer balls. Kylie nicknamed it Toadzilla. She said it looked like a football with legs. Whoa, it looks like a roast chicken that's been in the oven for a bit too long. How do you think the toad got so big? Eating heaps of cane toads, heaps of frogs, heaps of mice. Yep, they eat almost anything they can swallow. Insects and beetles and even household scraps and pet food. Bit scared, because there might be a million of them at your front door. Yikes, hopefully not. Well, that's it for this week, my friends. Thank you, Ruby. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. I'll catch you next time with five new stories. Bye. Goodbye. Or, as they say in Punjabi, Fer Milange. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, Download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.